Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. Each morning at this uh, at the sitting, we're going to have uh, basic instructions for the day, and we'll expand over the course of of the days. Uh, and uh, today we'll we'll start with uh, the basic um, meditation object, establishing some kind of home base or anchor that you can always return to whenever you're lost or scattered. As we continue to open up the field, this home base or anchor, as it's sometimes called, is uh, just a, a way to reconnect and regroup. At the beginning, we can primarily um, direct our attention to collect it and compose it and establish some kind of stability of mind on this object so that as we open up the field that sharpened awareness can then be applied to changing objects. The, the most common anchor or primary object or home base is the breath just sitting here and knowing that you're breathing. Uh, It's not the only one. If some people have some, uh, for whatever reason, uh, difficulty with that as a primary object, you can choose something else. You can feel your whole body just sitting here and uh, and connected with with the earth. Or uh, some people uh, have sensations, all the varying sensations as a as a primary place that they come back to. Um, And so if that's so for you, we can talk about other possible um, primary objects or anchors um, uh, privately uh, if none of those work for you. But for the most part, we'll be, uh, most of us uh, find the breath is a very useful, portable um, experience that we can always use. I just want to say a few words before we get into the the quiet of the meditation and the uh, the, the formal instructions um, at this very first time that we're uh, practicing together today. Um, I want to say a few words about one very key element in this connecting the mind and heart in practice. And that is um, what you do when you find that the mind has wandered. If your mind doesn't wander during the meditation, I'd like you to come up and speak to me. (laughs) Um, I'd like to find out what is going on in there. For most of us, however, the mind wanders. It's not that it's wrong. It's not that it's uh, something to feel discouraged about. It's just part of experience. Just like your eyes see and your ears hear, 
your mind thinks. That's one of its functions, to continually um, create thoughts, reflect on things, remember, plan. It's just what it does. For the purpose of training the mind and the heart, in the meditation, you are not trying to stop that thinking or wandering. And in fact, your very effort to stop it will get frustrating and, uh, and agitating. But rather, to not jump on the thought train when it comes. To not believe your thoughts and take them to be real. But just see them as another aspect of experience. So the key moment, as I see the meditation, the key moment in this process is the moment that you realize your mind has wandered off into thought. While it's gone, there's not much you can do about it, is there? You're gone. At some point, you might realize, and it's helpful to be in a room full of people, doing this together. Oh, meditating. This is what we're supposed to be doing. And then at that point, you have some choice how to deal with the fact that your mind is wandering. One very common response is, oh darn it, there I am wandering again. Get back here and do this right. And you can hear probably in that the frustration, the discouragement, the uh, agitation that comes with that response. And what you do when you respond in that way, you are cultivating frustration, judgment, and agitation, and discouragement, with a little bit of awareness thrown in. So that is not the recommended response. <clears throat> Another very common attitude when you realize you've been lost in thought is, oh, I've been lost in thought, but this is a really important thought. Let me just stay with this one. Watch out. <clears throat> you've just bitten the bait and gotten hooked on your thoughts. So it doesn't matter how profound or how disturbing or how, um, um, how intriguing they are. Um, for the most part, not always, but I'd say about 98% of the time, don't get into the content of your thoughts. Every now and then, when you have a very profound understanding, a new way of seeing the world, and an insight arises, then it can be useful to let it land and reflect for a few moments. But that's not happening 20 times in a, in a meditation. <laughs> so be careful. Just when you realize that you've gotten into the thought, Oh, thinking. 
and then let the return back to being here, sitting here with the breath, or whatever your object is. Let it be done with great kindness and patience and just a sincere starting again. The way you bring it back is the training. If you bring it back with frustration and discouragement, that's what you cultivate. If you bring it back with love and with patience and with forgiveness and with presence, then that's what you are cultivating every encounter with the wandering mind. So instead of feeling frustrated that you've been gone, appreciate the fact that you've just woken up and bringing it back in a very loving way. As perhaps many of you are uh, familiar with the analogy of training a puppy dog to stay on some paper. You know, you don't want your new puppy to jump on people or run out in the street. You want to teach it to stay when you say stay. So you put it on the paper and half a moment it runs away and then you bring it back. Come on, stay. And then it frisky runs away. Come on, come on. You bring it back, stay. You bring it back with love each time. Firmness and love and after a while it gets the idea and gets trained. Think of your mind as this cute, frisky, energetic puppy dog that doesn't know any better, wanders off, oh gee, that really did happen when I was a when I was eight years old in summer camp, you know. The love of my life. <laughs> Where is he now? <laughs> or what am I going to do when I grow up? That can come to you even in your 60s or 70s, that thought. You know. What am I going to do with my life? Come on back each time. And so every time you see you've gone, bring that cute puppy dog back with a lot of love and commitment and just begin again. Okay? Okay, now with that in mind, find a posture you can be reasonably still and comfortable. And first, establish your presence in your body. Mm -hmm. Just know that you're sitting here. You're alive, sitting here. That's a pretty amazing thing. And let your posture be both um, a reflection of upright dignity and alertness. Thich Nhat Hanh has a very um, wonderful image. Think of yourself like a mountain, strong, worthy of respect, here for any changes in the weather. And at the same time, let there be an ease and an openness, a receptivity in your posture. So if there's any places of tension or holding, just allow them to soften. You might do a, a quick body scan 
and invite any places of tightness to be at ease from your head, your face, forehead, eyes, jaw, down through your neck and shoulders, down through your arms and hands. <laughs> Just invite a softening, a relaxation <coughs> through your torso, your chest and belly, down through your hips, the pelvic area, and through your legs, your thighs, and knees and calves and down through your ankles, feet, toes. Just invite a, a softening and an ease. And feel a connection with the earth. Feel the earth underneath you, whether you're sitting in a chair or on the floor. Feel the earth here supporting you. It's here for you. Have a sense of yourself embodied. Another suggestion I like from Thich Nhat Hanh to create a softness and openness in the, in the mind is to sit with a soft half smile on your face like the Buddha's, the Buddha's half smile. Sometimes we can get very serious in meditating. Just, uh, you've seen the Buddha statues, just a slight upcurling of the lips that creates some space in the heart. Try it. Just imagine being a Buddha. You are a Buddha. Just uh, see what that feels like. And then with this posture in this way, take a few deeper breaths as you begin a session and breathe in a, a feeling of calm and energy and fill your whole being. And as you breathe out, let go, relax, release. And then after a while, let the breath find its own natural rhythm. Let the breath breathe you. You don't have to control or force it. Let yourself be breathed.
Now, as you're breathing, notice where you're most drawn to in the experience of the breath. Where do you feel it most easily, clearly? For some people, it's as it enters the nostrils. For some, it's the belly or the chest rising and falling. For some, it's the whole body expanding and contracting. Just see for you, how do you know that you're breathing? And let that be the place that your attention naturally gravitates to. It doesn't have to be a very narrow focus, even if you're feeling it at the nostrils. You can get a sense of yourself sitting and the breath coming, uh, entering at the nostrils. Sometimes it can help to change the, um, the lens uh, from a narrower lens to a wider lens if it's hard to stay with that narrow focus. Just get a sense of yourself breathing. And as you're doing this, you don't need to block anything else out. Let the mind be relaxed and open. You might be aware that there's sounds in the background, or there are other sensations happening. Don't push anything away, just for now, preferentially guide your attention to the breath as a place to establish that home base. There are a number of different um, supports for staying connected with the breath that will offer. Um, and these are all just suggestions and seeing if it's helpful for you, then use them. And if not, then let them go. One very um, helpful and common support that, uh, that many people use is a, a soft mental note of the experience of breathing that gives the mind something to do in the service of awareness. 
if you use the mental note, you might, as you breathe in, just very softly as a whisper in the mind, in, or breathing in, out, or breathing out. Or if you're feeling the belly or the chest rising and falling, you might note rising, falling. See if that's helpful. If you use that as, as a support, it should be a very soft whisper, maybe 5% and 95% actually feeling the experience. See if that's helpful. And if not, then just let it go. And remember that any time your mind wanders, no judgment, no problem, appreciate you've just come back to the moment and bring it back with a lot of love and kindness and begin again. Just noticing what's here with that kind, interested, relaxed awareness.
Let your attention connect with the breath. Know that you're sitting here, alive, breathing. You can make it like a game. Don't have to take it as a heavy assignment. You can be playful just to see the awareness game. Oh, can I know that I'm sitting here breathing?
when you hear the bell, notice the experience of hearing. And when you're ready to open your eyes or adjust your posture, let it be a gentle, mindful transition coming out of the stillness. So the other important moment besides the knowing the wandering mind is at the end of the meditation. Notice what goes on for you. Notice if you have any um, ideas or judgments about how it went. Oh, I was sleepy or spaced out. I'm not such a good meditator hey, that was pretty good, I think I'm a natural. Just don't believe whatever the judgments are, and whatever happened, happened. You just put in your time, that's all you need to do on your your end of the deal. Um, So we have a few things to do uh, this morning, um, but... I just want to first check in if there's any questions about the instructions or anything that's been said so far. Okay. Got it. Um, So... uh, in a little while, we'll uh, do the walking instructions um, as a meditation and um, also mention uh, something else about uh, about the day, the beginning of the retreat. Today, we're not going to have any um, practice discussions, uh, checking in groups or, or individuals, uh, just to let you settle in for a day. But tomorrow, we'll start and you'll uh, we'll see we'll schedule half of of you tomorrow uh, to meet in uh, some group, and then there'll also be open slots for signing up to check in uh, either with Jane or or Sari or uh, or Anna. Um, but today you're just kind of um, yeah settling into your practice. Mm. And uh, the other thing I want to uh, do this morning is, as we've been mentioning about the um, uh, cell phone uh, ritual. I'm curious how many people uh, have brought their cell phones to turn in. Wonderful. Don't feel bad if you didn't. No judgment if you didn't. But it's really a powerful thing because... uh, as probably most everyone here knows, it's such 
an addiction. It's, for many people, the most important relationship they have with that device. And to let go and really turn inward and genuinely unplug from the world uh, is, um, is often quite illuminating. What a relief and what a reconnection with ourselves. So I want to honor everybody who is, um, is doing that. And it can be done as both a ritual and a practice in letting go. So I'm gonna, uh, we'll have people come up. Uh, we can line up um, one by one coming up and um, let's see. And uh, we can put there and uh, maybe sorry, you can uh, help out too. If one by one as each person comes, you put your, uh, um, put your phone in and, and sorry can ring the bell and we can uh, bow to you. Um, I'll bow to you as you, uh, as you do it. And then after you put it in, uh, then it's a kind of narrow aisle, but, uh, but then you go back to your, your seat. So please, uh, if you want to do this, uh, line up in the center. And notice your experience right now internally. Whoa, can I do this? And as you do and you let go, be very present for the experience of letting go. So the Buddha talked about letting go as really a key to freedom. It's, it's the, essentially the third noble truth. Just letting go of attachment uh, and notice how that feels afterwards. So, please, Krista, let's start with you.
You'll get them back. Don't worry. Good. Really moves me every time uh, I do this these these days. It's right there, right in the act. Oh, look at that! The freedom. So, um, is there anything else besides walking instructions to be said? I have one practice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was asked this morning for a cushion, and I realized we don't have many of the cushions here, and sometimes it actually is that we don't have enough chairs, or we don't have enough stools. So it would be really helpful that you could reserve only one at a time, and put the tag on that, and release if you have both cushion and a stool or whatever equipment and then you know you might end up sitting in another place for a while but that's how we've been usually managing the retreat that you only take one either stool cushion or chair and leave another one free and then you know if you need a chair then you go and look for a chair does this make sense? <laughs> because it, it would be really helpful and this way we can all for sure find our places and not end up sitting only on one one way for the whole week which might not be suitable for us. Okay. But they stay in uh, those who are sitting on the ground they basically are. They can have that spot, right? Is they it? Have the, What's the that? They have the. Oh, they have it. The, they they put it wherever they're gonna yeah. be. I see. We usually mark what we yeah. are going to use. So either we reserve a stool or a cushion. Okay, or so a they chair. can have their spot and uh, on the on the ground. Wherever they have their tag. If you yeah. have your tag. If you have your tag. Yeah, you take your tag and you, you reserve one spot and then if you decide, no, I'm not going to use the cushion anymore, I would like to go for a chair, then you look if there is any free chairs and you mark the chair. Okay. All right. <laughs> Okay, so um, walking meditation. Uh, I'm going to run a little bit over today. Um, so this 45-minute walking period will be probably a bit shorter. It will be a bit shorter. Uh, so the walking is a very um, essential part of the practice. You probably see on the schedule sitting meditation, walking meditation, lunch, Eating meditation, it doesn't say that, but that's also done as a meditation. We'll talk more about that later. Uh, And then, as I said uh, yesterday, everything else in between is a meditation, too. Brushing your teeth meditation. Uh, But the walking meditation is a a powerful complement to the sitting. It's basically walking and knowing you're walking. That's it. Mm. Easier said than done. Um, how many people like to go for walks? Great. Then you have everything you need to do this. Uh, however, the one uh, variation from usually going for a walk is that you're here for it. 
usually the mind is wandering free and easy, which is a lovely thing to do. It's not that you've got to be mindful every moment in your life. That is the definition of a fully enlightened being. So uh, just be a little bit lighter about things. Uh, but um, we, we are wandering around and have a nice openness in our walking, in our daily life. Here, this is a special training to use the experience of walking as a way to uh, sharpen and start to collect uh, the attention on what's happening, deepen your mindfulness. So uh, hopefully this can still be an enjoyable experience. Uh, you find it's so beautiful out here, so you find a place that really uh, feels right for you, and it might change, there might be somebody who comes into your place. Uh, how dare they? That's my, that's my plot of earth. Uh, you can let go of it. Okay. But if you find a place and you can get there first, then that's your place. Um, and uh, you first just get yourself, feel connection to the earth. Just be here for a moment. You might take everything in and uh, just open up the senses and, and let yourself really enjoy. Hmm, I'm alive, and here I am walking on this earth. And then you do it as a mindfulness practice. Go at whatever speed helps you be most present. Sometimes you might find it interesting to go slowly and know, oh, lifting the foot, and moving it, and placing it, lifting, and moving, and placing. Sometimes you might go a bit faster, lifting, placing, lifting, placing. Sometimes you might go faster still, left, right, left, right. Sometimes you might go for a very natural or brisk walk. And if you use the mental noting, as uh, can be helpful, you might just be noting walking. walking. There's no right speed to go. Uh, I know what it's like to go very slowly and have my mind a million miles away. So this is not a slow walking contest. However, you might just experiment and see when you go slowly, you can, you're, you're not as much on automatic pilot and you can just discover more things. But if you're feeling either claustrophobic or sleepy or restless, or you just need some, some space, it can be the most skillful thing to go for a natural mindful walk. And the idea is that you're there for it, so every time you find your mind slipping out into past or future or fantasy or wherever, you come back, okay, this is what we're doing, walking. You can feel the feet as they uh, lift off the ground and make contact. You can feel your legs as they, uh, as they move. You can feel your body moving through space. Sometimes, it, for most people, it's helpful to just be grounded at least in the feet as the, the home base, just like the breath is the home base in the sitting. 
Uh, and you come to the end of your lane and then just know that you're turning and then turning back. If you were to go back and forth, you might take a path of, oh, 20, 30 or, or more steps and just go back and forth like that. And if you're taking a more natural walk, then, um, then do that uh, in a mindful way. An, an image that I find helpful is like um, uh, being a newborn baby, or not a newborn baby, a baby uh, who's around for a little while learning to take his or her first steps. You weren't born knowing how to walk. It took a, a while to figure it out. But when you were whatever, uh, a year or so, or, uh, or, or longer, then uh, a year and a half, I think, for most people, you just kind of figure out, how does this go? It's walking. And if you can have this kind of curiosity or interest, oh, what is walking anyway? Sometimes I think of myself like an alien. I've been just dropped down here from the mothership and reporting back to, the, to my people, okay, this is what walking is like for these guys. Oh, it's walking. And uh, so you make it like you make it fun. You make it like a game instead of oh, I gotta do walking meditation now. Mm, gotta be mindful. No, enjoy it. Enjoy it. So, any any question about that? Yeah. There was a question yesterday if you can do yoga during during the mm. walking meditation period. Yes. So there is that room uh, to do yoga, and you can do uh, yoga as an alternative. I would suggest one yoga period. Maybe if your body really is crying out towards the end of the day and you want to do a little bit more, fine. But if you're doing, you know, each each walking period you're doing yoga, uh, you'll be in good shape. Uh, <laughs> but you also wanna uh, you wanna practice just being here for that simple experience too. So as you like, just whatever supports your practice. Anything else? Okay, so uh, it's a little over half an hour uh, for walking and then the um, bell ringer, who's the bell ringer for the next, the next sitting? Thanks. So, and you ring it like about five or seven minutes or so before and so people know, oh, okay, you don't have to race back here to be still. It's like, oh, okay, and now you can make the transition from, from walking to sitting and make that in-between time a meditation too. Okay, so enjoy your walking, and we'll come back again. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.